This is AgriFutures On Air, brought to you by AgriFutures Australia, driving innovation in Australian agriculture. Hello and welcome to AgriFutures On Air. I'm Jane Cudahy. The AgriFutures Rural Women's Award provides a platform to showcase projects which will have a positive impact on the Australian rural industries and communities. With seven national finalists, the 2022 cohort are involved in everything from food security and health services for some of Australia's most vulnerable, to helping people access fitness programs and communication initiatives highlighting the impact of rural women. The Rural Women's Award is one of many AgriFutures Australia initiatives, ensuring our rural industries prosper now and into the future. And we need to thank Westpac, the platinum sponsor of the award, who provides a $15,000 Westpac grant for their project, business or program, access to professional development opportunities and alumni networks. Our Queensland finalist in the award is Rebecca Bradshaw. As a child health nurse, she's passionate about access to health services, no matter the postcode. Living on a beef and cattle property near Queensland's Jackson area with her diesel mechanic husband, Clancy, and their two young sons, Rebecca knows just how isolating raising a family in the bush can be. Rebecca launched her online telehealth platform Rural Child Health at the beginning of 2021, designed to give rural and remote parents the support and education they need to raise their families. Both my husband and I grew up rurally and we had full intentions of raising our children in the rural space because we love it and there's so many amazing life lessons and character building experiences that come with that territory I think. Yeah now you grew up I think around my part of the world in central Queensland in, in another small town um, can you just talk us through you know what was where did you grow up and and uh, I understand boarding school was quite a quite a wonderful time for you as well. I grew up in a small town called Mara in central Queensland mm-hmm. and went to the local state school there. I'm one of five kids and we lived on um, a property just outside of town as I was growing up. And like many rural kids, we all went to boarding school. Um, most of us go to boarding school. So we toddled off to boarding school for um, our grade 8 to grade 12 mm. years around that. Mm. Yeah, so that was in Rockhampton, wasn't it? So It was did, in Rockhampton. So how, how did that experience sort of set you up into, into nursing? Is that something that you always wanted to do or did that come um, through through other things? Yes, so nursing was something I was always going to do. Um, Unfortunately, when I was a kid, my dad had a farm accident and spent quite a significant time in Rockhampton Hospital um, away from us. So then when he come back, he come back to step down to the local hospital there at Mara, which was fantastic. They could look after him there so he could continue his recovery. And we'd stop in on the way home from school every afternoon to the hospital to visit him. Um, and at that stage, we then lived in town. We'd moved to town and he was then able to move from the hospital to home, which was wonderful. Mm, that would have been um, a transition. tremendous, tremendous time to have him back. It was. It was really fantastic. Um, but he obviously still needed some cares to help continue his recovery. So the blue nurses, the blue care nurses would come and visit us on a regular basis and tend to his dressing and make sure his pain relief was sorted and all of those things. So. When And I really, that was a huge highlight for me was when the blue nurses would come because they very much looked at the whole family. So we'd get there from school and they'd be, how was school and how was your day? And they were just as interested in um, us kids as what they were in helping dad get better. And I could see the difference they were making. And I just thought, oh my goodness, that's what I want to do. I'm going to help people get better and I'm going to make them feel like that. Do you think that that kind of interest in you was 
you know, actually a conscious part of helping your dad recover too, to, to have that, you know, conversation and that excitement um, and enthusiasm from young kids bouncing around the room as well. Not that your dad wouldn't have been interested, but maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to, to say? Yeah. Do you think that was a conscious decision on their behalf? Um, that's a really interesting question. I think it was a hugely important part, whether that was conscious or not, because I think a lot of nurses just innately know that looking at a patient as a whole rather than just the sore toe or the sore leg or the broken finger is really important in their recovery. So looking at the not just the patient as kind of more than the sum of their parts but also as their whole family as part of their recovery, I think most nurses know and understand innately the importance of that holistic kind of care. So I, there was probably a mix of um, conscious and, you know, unconscious engagement from from the nurses about that, of the importance of it. Yeah, and so that's is that something that you've really tried to, to incorporate into to your care, like when you're nursing people? Hugely. So I'm a big believer that people won't always remember what you say, but they will always remember how you made them feel. Oh, yes. That's so you know? cool. That resonates, yeah. Hugely. And to me in healthcare, that is so important. So, you know, we might fix the broken finger or we might fix the sore toe or we might fix the problem. But if we haven't treated them kindly and with compassion and kept their dignity and with respect, then their whole experience is awful for them. And that's not okay because they're not going to remember that you fixed their arm or what you gave them to make that better. But they will remember their experience in the healthcare system and how you made them feel. So that's a huge driving factor around um, a lot of my nursing. Yeah. And did you always want to be a rural nurse when you were studying? Well, interestingly enough, I just assumed I would be because <laughs> there was no like, other option. My, my plan was to always grow up and stay rural, so therefore you were going to be a rural nurse. You know, and mm. the best thing about being a rural nurse is you're such a generalist. There's so many aspects of nursing that you touch on um, and need to know about. You know, which is amazing and always something to learn. Where did you study? Um, I'd done my bachelor of nursing down at um, Toowoomba. Okay. At USQ. Yeah. And then where did you go? Did you get the rural placement straight up or did you have to do a bit of time in the big smoke? No, I did. I was fortunate enough. I um, started my first year out at Miles Hospital, and um, which is really interesting because I've done full circle and I actually ended up back at Miles Hospital late last year doing some um, nursing work. So that was quite nostalgic to walk back in to see some familiar faces, but in a brand new hospital. So that was really quite fun. Um, so I started back at Rural out at Miles and then we moved. My husband was living at Taroom at the time. He wasn't my husband then, but he is now. And so I moved to Taroom and, um, yeah, started working at Taroom Hospital and done most of my rural placement, um, like my rural nursing at Taroom. I um, have spoken to a few rural nurses before who, when moving back to their home turf, as much as they wanted to go back rurally and have that you know, home experience again, the thought of nursing and caring for people they know or love or people that are close to them was was pretty terrifying. Um, did you find that? Did you find that, you know, when you do know people that, that, that the experience becomes different or you're very sort of clinical in the way that you, no. you deal with people? You are so right. It, does, it certainly changes um, the whole experience for both parties, for the nurse and the patients. But I think it's a huge privilege. It is a massive privilege to be a part of um, somebody's healthcare journey and it's a really massive, I think, privilege to be able to have that understanding of who they are, where they come from, some of the challenges that they, that you know that they face that they're not actually 
probably going to disclose as such um, if you didn't already know them well and have that rapport outside of um, outside of work. So I think it's a real privilege to work in rural space with quite small communities. Oh, that's lovely. And I have to say there's a particular nurse that I'm thinking of. Uh, she had her realisation when um, it was pointed out to her that she gave them dignity. And perhaps yeah. that wouldn't have happened with someone who they didn't know in because yeah. in that case they they passed away. But um, mm-hmm. it, it they didn't wouldn't want anyone else with them at that moment. And I thought that was a really lovely full circle yeah. as well. Yep, I agree. I think yeah, she's dead right. <laughs> okay, well, um, so you know, at your room, you married. Um, you have had children in that time as as well. What was the experience like? Because uh, you know, having children remotely these days is quite difficult. Generally, you have to go to a bigger centre to have a child um, and access those child health services. So, was that your experience? And and just talk us through that period um, when you were having children yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I was working at Taroom and we thought Taroom was going to be our forever home. And so I actually done a quick stint of 18 months up at Gladstone to get a bit of metro experience. So I felt like I could really consolidate some of those skills to bring back to the um, rural town. Um, And interestingly enough, there was this whole almost little boom of beautiful young families in our area. And our local child health nurse was, um, would come and visit, but was fortnightly and it was for three hours at a time. So we had quite limited um, services that the parents could access and that were available. And I thought, oh, look at all these beautiful families. They need so much more. There's so much more we can offer them. Um, So I went on and actually done my graduate certificate in paediatric nursing, which to most people is, you know, kids. Mm. Um, So I went and done that, which was awesome. So then we, with that um, newfound knowledge and um, excitement, I guess, I was able to bring um, a mums and bubs group to Taroom. We rolled out a triple P parenting program. We then had weekly child health services that were, you know, readily available and easily accessible for our rural families in that area. And it was just so beautifully um, embraced by the families, which was really nice. And I just, that really kicked off my love of rural families and how amazing these rural mums are and how resilient they are. Is it because they have those limited services? So the services they have that, A, they're grateful for? Yep. Um, it's Yep, Okay. Massively. So I think most rural people in general, but particularly our rural mums, when it comes to child health services, if there is a service available, they're just grateful that there's a service. So a lot of people will use it because they know it's once we lose our rural services, they're very hard to get back, e.g. the birthing hospitals. As you said, a lot of rural places don't birth anymore, so a lot of our mums have got to travel away. Where did you have to go when you were at Taroom? The closest birthing hospital for the public system when we lived in Taroom at the time was Theodore. We went and delivered up in Rockhampton, which is the kind of next hospital that most people would go to. And that's Um, what, through your 400 k's from where you lived? Yeah, it was about three and a half hours from where we lived. Okay, just for context, carry on. (laughs) Um, So we um, had our first baby in and around, like up and birthed up in Rockhampton and then come back, we were living in Taroom still and... The geographical and social isolation was just a whole other level that I had not expected at all. Had anticipated, but certainly not to the level and degree that was what I experienced. So what did you experience? Can you really describe what you mean 
by that? Like what made it isolating and what services were you missing? Um, so just the fact that you're not next door to somebody else who has a baby because we were living out on a property at the stage. So, you know, you're not going to just pop your baby in the pram and go for a walk downtown and pick up the milk just for the sake of getting out of the house um, and a change of scenery. So if we wanted to go for a walk, you know, you load them into the pram and you go across the sandy track that is to the front grid, Mm. which isn't always pram or user-friendly, you know. So, And then if you've got a baby who doesn't seem to want to sleep very often and seems to like to cry a lot, it um, can be really – the days can feel really long. Can't they? They Mm. are the longest days in the history of the planet. (laughs) They very much feel like it, even longer than that last trimester of pregnancy. (laughs) Yeah, which you didn't think was possible at the time. That's right. But, yes, what else? What did did you really miss? So it was the isolation and and what else did you miss? Um, Probably just feeling like I must be the only one who felt like this, you know, at that stage, which we now know, you know lots of mums feel like that but at the time I thought I must be the only mum who can't get their baby to sleep or I must be the only mum whose baby cries more than the rest of them mm. or I must be the only mum who thinks this isn't actually that fun some days yeah. and my baby hasn't read the book that I read because I can't understand why they're not following the instructions yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. um, so going into the weekly mums group that was still running was just brilliant because you could kind of relate to them be like oh that's right you're having a hard time with that as well or your baby's doing this as well or geez you feel like that as well your eyes really are popping fun. out of your head as well like yeah that's right yeah. we're all sleep deprived and no you know um all in an app um it's interesting though Jane, because when what i found was that was much more inclusive community a much more inclusive group although we had limited less services to access the services that we access were more inclusive, I feel like. We then moved down to South Brisbane and I was surrounded by people every single day, yet I had never, ever felt so alone as a mum down there. Oh, look, I could, yes, we moved to, you know? we moved from Hobart to Sydney when my son was a week old and so it oh, didn't wow. soul in Sydney and I remember that exact feeling too, yeah. going, oh, my goodness, this is ridiculous. You're completely yep. surrounded by people and you do, you just feel completely cut off. Yep. Had a yep. really lovely Lebanese neighbour though that cooked me all sorts of delicious treats um, and Yum. very strong black coffee, which I'm sure wasn't great for breastfeeding, but it was delicious. So you took it anyway. But hey, it worked and everybody's feeding <laughs> and everyone's fine. So yeah. And she took the baby that. for a while. So who cares? Yeah. <laughs> and that is so important that you had someone you could trust, you know, to do that with. It's such, so special to have some, um, that. As part of your village. We're talking to you because uh, you, you are the Queensland finalist for the AgriFutures Real Women's mm-hmm. Award and that's because of your um, telehealth services specialising in paediatrics. So yeah. how did these experiences set you up for this? So I am the founder of Rural Child Health and I created the service because there's a need for it. And because I have such a love and admiration for our amazing rural they are absolutely the wheels that keep, you know, the the wheels that keep everything turning in our rural families. And without them, you know, the wheels fall off the cart very quickly and things get pear-shaped very quickly. Um, and I, from my own experience as a rural mum, but also as a rural nurse and also as a child who grew up rurally and needed healthcare throughout that, I guess, lifetime, could see how important having 
services that you can access that are available, the difference it can make to our whole families. And that's something that's really important to me. Um, I had a, an amazing opportunity down when we moved down to South Brisbane to work on with Gold Coast Child and Family Health Service, and that was incredible. And the services that the families down there have access to are just incredible. And I just remember thinking, this is so disproportionate to what our families can access. I work and breathe the system and I didn't even know this existed. How on earth are our families supposed to know so that these exist? What kind of, when you're talking about services, what services, in a, in a practical, spelling it out yeah. sense? So the, sim- the really easily accessible services like daily drop-in clinics where there's a child health nurse who can weigh and check your baby and help you with breastfeeding and formula and who can help them sleep and settle. Access to, you know, your routine um, checkups for your different growth and developmental milestones through to the family support services like Act for Kids and Brave Hearts and all of those to help and support our vulnerable families in the community. Um it was just incredible, and not to mention the other, I guess, associated services like the child development services for anybody who needed support with their child who wasn't meeting their milestones or needed some extra support and intervention because we know early intervention is key to, you know, better outcomes. So I remember thinking, I just wish that our rural families could have access to these kind of services. So um, you you came up with with your own business or service. So yes, how are you addressing getting those services up and and available to rural families? Yep. So it's I've made it more accessible because it's entirely online. So it's all telehealth. The very best thing I think that came out of COVID is that people are so much more comfortable um, with telehealth using Zoom, using linking into the clicking on the links and using the face to face technology or doing phone consultations for things that are needed. And we've also had a huge shift of, well, there's probably a chance I can do that online. Um, And so they're looking for online parenting programs, online resources, online videos that they can access without having to drive hundreds of kilometres to access these same services because they just don't then because it's too much of a barrier. Oh, of course. And so you're doing all of these or providing these services yourself at the moment from home? Yes, I am. And what I think is really unique about my service is that I grew up in the rural space. I'm a rural nurse, I'm a rural mum, and I'm still living and breathing rural life as I raise our own children. So I can understand and relate to the challenges that, that these beautiful families are facing every day because as much as our metro nurses try, they just don't understand. They've got no concept of what shearing looks like or what your six-week muster looks like or, you know. Or the fact that tummy time might get interrupted because you've got to go and turn a pump off, you know. That's just right. Little things like that that it's, you know, you can set out with a great plan in your day um, at the beginning but it looks yep. pretty different by lunchtime and even weirder by tea time. That's exactly <laughs> right. It does. Exactly right. It does. So um, that's what we're providing from Rural Child Health and so we do our one-on-one appointments if that's what you'd like. We have our Little Learnings Library which is an online toolbox for rural families so they can access a heap of different resources and little videos and links to other um, information that they'll need and some free PDF and downloadables. And the other service we offer is the online parenting programs. So that way they can access like all of what they need right from the comfort of their own home. That's amazing. And so what, what's the what's the feedback been like? You've set it up and how, how long have you been running? You said COVID kicked it off. So I'm assuming what, two years? 
Yeah, so this will be our second year, so January 2021. Um, we kick-started that and any of the families that have been involved um, with the service have all said that it was so empowering to have someone who understood and supported them and was kind of able to give them really specific information that would suit their family, not just straight out of the textbook, um, and that they were just so pleased that they could have a service that they could access from home that they didn't have to bundle their crying baby up and, you know, with diesel now being $2.50 a litre, like no one has time or money to be spending that kind of money driving to town for one appointment. Yeah, and, you know, to be honest too, sometimes obviously all fears and and concerns are justified, absolutely, but if, you know, you are a first-time mum and perhaps maybe – maybe overreacting at um, at a fever to drive all that way to be told is fine, have some Panadol and go back to bed. I feel like that's all. <laughs> it's, it, that can be quite um, startling as well. So to be able to have those reassurances without having to go through all that trouble, it, it would be revolutionising. Oh, and honestly, so many of our families, what we want as mums is reassurance that we are doing the right thing because we are so worried. All we want to do is the right thing. Yeah, you just want to validate. You want to validate. We just need to know, that's right, that we're doing the right thing and we need to know that we're doing the best thing we can for our baby and that you're doing a good job because everybody knows that you're doing a good job but nobody tells you. So all (laughs) of our mums wander around every day going, geez, I'm I'm trying my best but I don't feel like I'm doing a very good job. They need someone on their side going, you are doing a cracking job and this is really important. You're raising the next generation. Like That's a huge job and you are doing great work at it. Yeah, well, that sounds – I'm sure you've got that on plenty of posters. Uh, (laughs) Now, (laughs) how many clients do you have, would you you say? Um, We're building our client base now, which is really nice, and we've actually just even extended out of Queensland to have our um, first two in New South Wales. So that's terribly exciting for me. I'm so (laughs) excited that – um, in such a short time frame, I had gone from, oh, this is purely kind of for Queensland to, you know what, if people in Queensland can access it, anyone in Australia should be able to access it. So it's really exciting to see our numbers build. And at what stage are you going to have to bring in some, some other clinicians or some support network? Like what do you have a plan for growth? Yes, I do. I absolutely have a plan for growth and I'm very excited about it, Jane. I can hear I, that. I can hear it, Rebecca. <laughs> you can hear it. <laughs> yeah. um, I would very much like to bring on an Indigenous child health care worker um, so that way we can support all of our families and be quite inclusive in our care for our First Nations families. And when I do need to bring on board another child health or two child health nurses, i um, I've got a few earmarked for that already who are rural backgrounds as well because to me it's really important that we keep that integrity of this is a rural service offered to rural families run by rural clinicians who understand the challenges um, because that's what's really important to me and that's a huge value that I will continue to keep. Westpac has offered the finalists a $15,000 grant. So what are you doing with yours? So as the Rural Women's Award mm. um, Queensland winner, the $15,000 Westpac AgriFutures grant has helped me um, do my facilitator's course to deliver the Circle of Security program online. And it's allowed me to run 
um, a pilot program. So I can actually offer that for free for the first two rounds of programs for for our rural families so they don't have to pay, which makes it even more accessible. Now, I have read uh, a fair bit about you in the lead up to this and you are frequently described as, as a pioneer and this service is really pioneering um child services in rural Queensland and, and now Australia. What do, what do you think when you hear that word, that you're pioneering this? Oh, I think it's a really interesting word because I think, oh, am I really doing that? Am I really, you know, is it really that big a deal? And then I think, you know what, it is really that big a deal because this is really important and our rural families matter too. Um, and the fact that it is Queensland's first child health nurse-led service, I think is pretty cool. Um, So I'm really pleased that I get to do something that I absolutely love and that I'm hugely passionate about and that it makes such a difference to our families. So I'm just grateful that I get to do that. Well, Rebecca, I'm sure uh, no matter what happens in the next few months, this will be an absolute cracker of a success regardless. So thank you very much for your time today and good luck with the next round of interviews for the Rural Women's Award, but of course, uh, going forward, all of your amazing work in rural Australia. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today, Jane. I really appreciate it. That was Rebecca Bradshaw from Queensland, one of seven national finalists in the AgriFutures Rural Women's Award. Online applications for the 2023 AgriFutures Rural Women's Award open on Wednesday, the 7th of September, 2022. Thanks for listening. I'm Jane Cuddy. been listening to AgriFutures On Air, a podcast brought to you by AgriFutures Australia. For full access to a huge backlog of stories on Australia's agricultural trends and innovations, research outcomes, inspiring stories from our rural leaders and insights into new and emerging rural industries, please subscribe to AgriFutures On Air on your favourite podcasting app. You can also find more information at our website, agrifutures.com.au Thank you.